0: Well, hello, I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And today, this is an episode what we call The Buck Stops Here because it really does stop with us. Um, If we want change, we want things to be different in our community and in our life. Um, The Buck really does stop with us. And it's just perfect that it's sponsored by Buck's Sanitary Service. Uh, Scott and Lisa Weld are awesome people. And they don't have to be on here getting attention. They want to sponsor things in our community so we can all learn more about our community and get better involved in our community. So, today we got something really special for you. Um, Hosea Youth Services is an organization that's been around for quite a while, and um, I love what they do. Um, you know, they're helping kids, I-, I call them kids, but they're youth, young people. Uh, who are on the streets of eugene and springfield and helping them get their lives back together and it's just the basics the basic simple things that they can do and it's really caring about people loving people providing a place for people uh, providing the basic necessities like food water a place to shower bedding a coat uh, that sort of thing and i thought it'd be really good just because the way the world is right now that um maybe we could just kind of talk and get a reality check on what's going on in eugene and so i called up um I called up Brad Bills uh, over at Hosea uh, Youth Services, I texted him and I said, can you find me a, a person uh, who's on the streets that's really open and honest that can just talk to me? And boy, did he find somebody. <laughs> we, got, we got Dylan, my man. Hey, so man. kind of <laughs> introduce yourself and tell people who you are.
1: Yeah, so my name's Dylan Rogers. Um, I recently turned 24 this uh, beginning of January. Uh, been here in Eugene for three years and it's been experience you know jose has been here for a good portion of it and it's just kind of been my road to recovery so yeah i'm willing to share it with you today i guess you know where i where i came from and where i'm at right now
0: so what brought you to eugene oregon tell me about you guys understood you had a felony and and you know you kind of tell people that part
1: So so I have a felony from 2015. It was a felony possession of a controlled substance. Uh, that was kind of the beginning of my encounters with the law and my substance abuse. And I was really struggling in Idaho to stop. You know, I, I went through, I tried to rehab. I tried a lot of things. Um, I've been in a long-term relationship with someone and they knew someone that lived here in Eugene. And so we kind of made an ultimate decision that me and her, were going to relocate out here and just try something different. You know, we didn't know anyone that was using, so.
0: now you said yeah. to me when we were talking earlier that you also, you guys knew that the laws were a little bit easier here that you, you could, I think people should understand that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's another thing that did kind of attract us here to Oregon is we knew that for our charges, they weren't violent. They were uh, drug related that, Oregon usually doesn't extradite for that so we knew that we would probably be pretty good to get through Oregon because of that
0: but when you got here then you got kind of in, into trouble and kind of explained but, to to tell people what your story is
1: so so yeah and then and then kind of begins my story here in Eugene um you know I I was using for a, a good period out here and it got really hard for me and my girl and uh I got in a really extreme situation with the law to where it it really just brought a lot of, you know, what was important to me and what, you know, what I was doing wrong to the surface. And uh, I think what the difference was from Idaho and here and what really happened is when I was down at that bottom, you know, I didn't have anything. I had to live in the mission, the Eugene mission. And I was introduced to Hosea's. is that this instant support, you know, me to face all this stuff you know like yes i had a lot on my plate it was a lot but it was stuff i had to deal with like my substance abuse and and my relationships so so
0: so dylan does it get to a point where it's just kind of overwhelming and you feel like you can't there's no way out i mean you you're you've got all these charges you're you're you're
1: absolutely absolutely um uh i feel that it just really took time in the in the treatment that i got you know i i think it it got easier day by day. I knew I, I knew I had a place to stay. I knew I had the mission, you know, and I knew that as long as I stayed good with them and they were trying their hardest to work with me through everything that was going on. And I had Brad who I could be honest with. Do you know what I mean? Like and and tell him like, hey, I am still using, you know what I mean? And and go through that struggle and be like, you know, and just face it and it eventually eventually just came to the surface and it came out i you know it takes time It, it takes a lot of time to do this a lot of support a lot of people being
0: consistent in your life so what was the hardest thing about your life growing up i
1: think uh i think um not really being able to depend on people not really knowing where people stood i think my parents and uh and being able and and being able to and manipulate. I didn't have anyone in my life that, you know, would really be like, this is where I stand with you. You know what I mean? And
0: uh, so, so, Dylan, was there no line? There was no boundaries? No,
1: no, not out there. Not, not for myself, not for, you know, what I would do to others. I don't feel my parents, you know, were able to, you know, and I feel like this might be for a lot of kids out here, you know, were able to show me or project the way I looked when I was like, you know, and I feel that being around all these decent people, it kind of showing me, like, you know, what's what's socially acceptable, and, and you know, right attitudes. So it's did really you? Cool. Did,
0: so nobody told you that you fit? You didn't fit in, obviously.
1: No, I yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think I think a lot of young kids what they go through this generation is we want to hang out with these older people that. That make things look really good, like shiny and glittery. The drugs, um, um, the trap lifestyle—you could call it—you know, living in these houses and doing this stuff—and—and and they've not had like older people to show them that like there's a different there's a different crowd you can follow. You know, like I see people that are my age and younger that bring kids to host. I mean, these adults that I know from when I was, you know that they're hanging out with that, that that just live this life, you know, and they're in their thirties and it, it's, it's, that's what you have to separate people from. And that's what they did for me. That's what they did for me. I know that in that situation, you know, they took me away from the streets and gave me something I could really, you know, Brad, Brad's like a father role to me in a really weird way, but <laughs> you know, I,
0: so do you think that a lot of kids that they're, so they're looking for adults, and then they're matching up with these adults who are drug addicts or or you know, people that aren't yeah,
1: good. I'm getting on- the things, you know, things I don't necessarily know for a fact, but I, I observe it from being on the street and how I behaved, you know. I was with a chick that was seven years older than me, you know, and yeah, it was fun and games, but she was taking advantage of me in a lot of ways. So
0: Um, I just want I don't know if you can read this, but Stephanie is saying, Good luck to you, Dylan. You're a well spoken guy. I think you will do yeah. well.
1: Yeah, thank you. What you're is that? Awesome. Thank you for the love. I appreciate all you. What really- is
0: that what does that mean to you to hear something like that?
1: Oh, that, that that everything I think about this town is true. Do you know what I mean? Like I mean there's there's just a lot of support and a lot of people that are interested to see there be progress in this type of stuff and to see more situations like what I'm doing, you know? Like I I have a lot more to go, but I know that I'm I'm making leap and bounds right now at the pace I'm at. And it would be cool to see other people to, to get, to get a solid way to get people into that path. Do You know what I mean?
0: Kind of. So to explain it to me too. I love talking to you because this is, I mean, you're kind of like a, a voice. Did you feel when you were growing up, did you feel like you didn't have a voice like that people weren't listening to you?
1: No, I think, no, not necessarily. I think I was, I I feel like I always had a voice, you know, I always used it, but, um, yeah. I've I've always been a talkative dude. I think it's just, um.
0: But were people listening to you? Were they paying attention to what you were saying?
1: No, probably not. Probably not. I mean, it just really depends on who you hang out with. It really depends on who you're at and if people appreciate, um, who you are, you
0: know, so, what's the so, what's the best thing about you? If you were to sit down and tell somebody your your finest quality, what would what would you say your finest quality is, Dylan?
1: Me working on humility. <laughs> me. Tell me
0: about, tell, talk to me about that.
1: Um, you know, like I really like doing these things. I really like talking about myself, but I really um I try to stay on the fact of just the support. That I've had to even get to where I can have this conversation with you. Do you know what I mean? Like, and um, I think the best thing, the best quality I could share is not ever thinking I did this on my own. Um, like just being appreciative, gratitude, uh, grateful, being grateful. I don't, you know, I couldn't put a, a personality trait on it. I think the main thing I'm trying to say is not having a haughty or like a really cocky attitude. About what's going on in my life because I'm I'm doing very well, but it's it's from coordination and people really believing that I could
0: do it. Does it's make- people, it's people like Brad and others who uh who give a shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's a really bottom line way to put it. Yeah.
0: So Heather Wilson Gibb wants to ask you, with all due respect, were your parents users of substances when you were a child?
1: I mean, yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's kind of where it starts. I think that's where it stems. A lot of the parent issues that all kids have is usually it has to do with
0: something with their parents using substances. Yes. Did they use it in front of you?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, that's a really complicated situation. But yeah, I'll get into that. Um, it was really different with both. I think my mother had a lot of guilt because she dealt more with the system and everything she did with me. And I think she projected that guilt with using with me and she kind of got something weird out of it because when I, you know, like it was a manipulation thing. And then my dad, he felt really guilty and would try to really push away from using with me. But he also didn't want me to be away from him. They both were active users. So you got to think about this. You got people that are hanging out with the same people you're buying, drugs from you know and so that whole parent child role is like diminished like do you know what i mean you don't you don't look at them that way it's it's sometimes they're your friend and sometimes they're your enemy like you know what i mean and so that was really complicated for me to get to, through and realize that we're all human and we're we're both on
0: drugs is what it is so, so when somebody like brad um comes into your life and before we went online, maybe it was on here. I don't remember. But you said he was like a father figure to you. What? Yeah. what um, how important is that for a young man such as yourself? I
1: think that's essential. I think that's yeah, like um, uh, parent roles, you know, and they come in different ways. I mean, they could be people that give you advice. They could be people that show you how to, you know, like how to be, it, it goes. I think it goes for male and female. But having the father role for me as a male was really important. Yes. Like it was, it was someone for me to get out my thoughts and, um, and my struggles and for him to give me realistic advice consistently. And, and you know what I mean? So yeah, it was, it was super important. It was an outlet for me.
0: It was just an outlet. So, so do, can you define for me and I'm not looking for the Webster's dictionary definition. Yeah. I'm looking for the Dylan, uh, definition of unconditional love. Hmm.
1: Unconditional love. Um, I feel, I feel that's, I feel like that's giving like unconditional love. I, you know, I think it's an act. I don't know. You know, unconditional love being, being there fundamentally for someone to live. You know, you may not support what they're doing in their life, but here I feel unconditional love is giving me security. Like, you know, as long as you're here and you're not hurting other people, like I will care for you. You know, if you're if you're following the rules in my house, I will be here. If you if you're following what I have set in my in my home, then I will give you help. You know, and I feel that's what unconditional love is. I think.
0: When you were sitting in jail, what changed for you? Because you uh, be- didn't
1: change when I was in jail. No, it didn't change when I was in jail. It was just time to be like, like. Well, A, because, you know, I I went through periods through still seeing my girl and that was really hard for me. So what jail was is time when I was when I was really getting off the off the train of where we were trying to get me, you know, because everyone was trying to get me in coffee classes. Everyone was trying to get me sober and I would really get bad. They put me back in jail and stop me, you know. And so before I did something stupid. So, yeah, jail you know, uh, nothing really changed in jail. I read books, I was patient and I, and I anticipated what was going to be next. That's what jail was for me and jail shouldn't be long. I feel like people should get in there to basically get clean, to get sober and they're going to learn depending on what they do. But I mean, my substance with my substance issue, I learned a lot
0: from just being out here. So, so what, what do most kids on the street need? Um,
1: You know, I can't say that. I have to, you know, I have to go to school for that one. You know, I have to go to school for that one. I'll come back to you on that.
0: So if you go to school, what are you going to be? What do you want to be when you grow up, Dylan?
1: I have no idea, dude.
0: Drink, drink. drink. It
1: runs through my mind every day. Like sometimes I would like, I have a buddy that I, you know, actually was in the same situation to me and he's a counselor at Brick House at this recovery place. And it's just a really beautiful situation. And I would, I would like to do something like that, but um, I still have a lot of demons in my life. So, you know, I, I'm just really trying to make sure that I'm ready for something like that. But I would really like to do something like what Brad does or, you know, be like a social worker, work with kids and give them opportunities to do something with their lives. Why? I feel, why? Um, I feel like that would be eternally rewarding for me to know that, like, I'm fighting the same thing that was going to be the make or break for me in my life. You know what I mean? I feel like that would keep it going in my life till I passed away. <laughs> yeah. So
0: So you want to help people that were in the same situation you were in because you, yeah. un- you understand it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I can give a unique touch to it. And um, I could be my own person and do it my own way and help people. Yeah.
0: So what you said you had, you still struggle with your demons. What's the one that you... Can talk about that you'd like to. You
1: no, know, I, I still, I still have problems drinking. Like I'm not gonna lie, I'm still a kid. You know, I've been, I've been clean off um, meth and heroin, and so I'm gonna say I'm proud of that. And yeah, that's just where I'm at. I drink a little bit, and it's not, it's not good. But I think most people do, so I feel like I'm making steps forward to being totally sober and clean. But it's still a struggle every day.
0: So. Talk to me a little bit about Jose Youth Services, because when we were talking before we started the broadcast, you were telling me kind of some of the things they provide that you just need. Because one thing about being a kid on the street or anyone on the street, I'm guessing from what you've said, yeah. is you're probably you, you. it's not a safe place. I mean, it's not. No, no definitely not. So you have no downtime. You are constantly, who's going to take advantage of me? Who's doing this? Where do I sleep? What am I going to eat? So mm-hmm. talk to me about what the, the basic needs of human beings that you get at Jose I use services.
1: Okay. Well,
0: that makes sense. Uh,
1: yeah. So, so right now we have a locker system. Uh, so everyone has a little locker where they can put their things and you know, Brad does a good job at making sure that stuff is safe. Um, we get our mail here. You know, I've never had an issue with my mail, which is great because, I mean, I've had issues. I've gotten mail at friends, not gotten it, stuff like that. It makes me feel really better when I know something's going to come here. Um, regular meals. I think another thing that's really neat is that we have, what are they called? The, the volunteers. We got people. In, interns and volunteers. Yeah, we have volunteers that come in and they home cook meals. So, you know, it's you know, you'll know, you see these regular people that come in and they cook. You know, I my favorite is the Chinese food one week, it's really good. They come in and they deck it out. It's really cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. so, so just those little things. Um, what else is there? We get we have the resource room mm-hmm. and they always try to stock that up. They always try to keep the resource room. I mean, oh yeah, the winter when I first got out of jail, I mean, I got a sleeping bag that saved my life. I lived on the Bertelson patch. I was staying there over across from the OT grill and they gave me a sleeping bag. <laughs> it was the most simple thing, but it saved my life. So you know what I mean. Just those yeah. even when I wasn't here at night, I was warm, and so you you
0: remember that. So what does the word kindness mean? Kindness yeah, to you.
1: Um, kindness. You know, I think in this day and age, it's just kind of accepting. Not necessarily accepting people's bull crap, but accepting people for who they are and um, and just kind of going from there, you know, I feel choosing kindness over being rude or judgmental, you know, I see that all over town. Choose kindness, you know, which is it's a broad statement, but it, it works in a lot of in a lot of situations. Do
0: you think most people um, that are like me, housed and living in the community, do you think we misunderstand homeless kids
1: um you know what that's a good question uh i don't you know out here i sometimes i don't i don't feel that way i feel like i've gotten a lot of a lot of support from the community but i see a lot of people my you know i'm sorry but i'll blame my peers before i'll blame you guys because we do some stuff dude we do some stuff that's like how can i relate with you you know it's really hard you know i've stolen i've i've called people just grotesque names, I've cheated people, you know, that were like, trying to help me. And so I don't think we're misunderstood. I just think it's really hard to connect with us to where there's a respectable boundary between the youth, the the youth that are at risk and the housed people that don't want their stuff stolen, that, you know, that, that want to see you do good, but they're, they also, they don't want, they don't want the issues coming to their doorstep.
0: I remember interviewing a guy one time and he worked with um, God. I don't remember if David worked with Hosea. I think he did, but he was homeless and on the streets as a kid. And he said people used to come up to him and give him money and then say they were going to pray for him. And then they'd walk away. And David said, then he'd look over and go, they never even asked my name. Yeah. So, so how are you going to pray for me if you don't even know who I am?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like, just blind. I don't know. That's not I mean that's not really helping. someone. when money's nice, that's money is nice. I kind of see what you're saying there. The money's nice, but um, they don't really know the person. Is that kind of what you're getting
0: at? Yeah. Well you're you wanna make it feel you wanna feel good. Yeah. You didn't really help do, them. Yeah, you didn't yeah, what I you, from what you need is people to care about you. Absolutely you to, to show you and give you respect and listen to you. And for me, what I love about this is I get to give you your voice so you can tell people so they can really hear and look at your face (laughs) all over it. You feel like you you matter because you do. And so once you feel like you matter, don't you think then you can start really looking at the world differently?
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. I I definitely feel that. Like once you're, you're given some care and concern in your life and attention to detail to what matters, and it goes a long way.
0: So so people should be um, supportive of Hosea Youth Services because there's a place yeah, yeah. They're, they're doing the, the stuff that a lot of people don't yes. really want to do, don't, aren't they?
1: <laughs> yeah. No, and this place, I just feel like it's, if you were to really say, it's kind of the front lines of, like, a lot of what's going on out here in the Whitaker area to all the way to Springfield. You know, people, young kids come here. It's one of the main services I know. I see new people in here every day. And, and you know, they're, Brad's busy making meals. I mean, I try to talk his ear off and it's it's like he's battling between dealing with these immediate needs of people. And, you know, and he's like trying to help me elevate and it, and it's fun to watch, you know, I don't know. It's really cool to see like I'm doing good but I don't need the help, you know, so I gotta be quiet. And, yeah, so I try to stay here and be
0: polite. So um, t- do this for me, Dylan. Turn it over to Brad there. Hey, Brad.
1: <laughs> it's his turn.
0: So you guys, this is Brad. Bill. Don't go anywhere, Dylan. I'm not done with you. Uh, so Brad, um, you're the director of Jose Youth Services. Correct. Is that the right term?
2: Yep, that's fine. Uh, exactly. Yep. yep.
0: Head cheese, whatever. Yep. Um, yep. So what what is that? When you hear that young man talking. Um,
2: yeah, it's very touching. I mean, uh, um, it makes you realize that, we're making a difference. And, you know, some days we're down here and it's frustrating and there's, you know, 30 or 40 or 50 different kids down here and you don't always see a lot of progress, but, but then to hear Dylan is, is very, very touching and, and makes you know that we're making a difference and makes it worth it. So for sure.
0: So what can people do out there watching this right now? Um, what are some things that they can do practically? Um, Cause you can't get into this with the expectation that you're going to change people.
2: It's you're right. It's uh, it's 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 long it's a long term process for you know young men, young women, young men like Dylan and young women. Um, well, you know, I mean, I guess it's just about being faithful to to doing what's right and to being kind, like you guys talked about. So, you know, what can people do? You know, Dylan mentioned that I'm I'm uh, I'm serving lunch and trying to talk with him at the same time. That that means we need more people down here that can be that positive influence to, to, to develop that relationship, to be that encourager, to be that love, provide that love, to, to provide the support. Um, you know, so it takes, it takes more than just me and a, and a couple other staff people. It takes, ultimately, it'll take you know, more mentors, more volunteers to be
0: involved. So people are asking, how can we help?
2: Yeah, so, um, you know, time, obviously, uh, is, is a value. Uh, you know, financial resources, go to our website, joseayouth.org, check us out a little bit, Um, financial support, you know, and then also, you know, we we do run a lot of items through this place where the clothing, toiletries, uh, bedding, uh, sleeping bags, tents, backpacks. So, you know, if you've got some things to get, you want to get rid of, or you want to just help us out by providing some of those things, you know, gift cards to, uh Target to Walmart to Freddy's would be great. Those are great to have to to uh, to give to kids who are making progress. And you know, I got a young man who's going to come in today, and, and he needs some work clothes. So, so um, you know, we got to figure out how to get him some work clothes. So, so there's lots of different ways to to be a part of the the mission of really helping these kids from becoming chronically homeless.
0: So this would be everything from actually giving time and being there Absolutely. to to going, I, I I love that idea. Somebody could go, okay, you know what? I want to help this young man buy his work clothes yeah. And yeah. Get some yeah. get him some nice work clothes. Yeah. And yep. so he can go in and feel good about who he is. Yep. And, do you, do you ever know, you never know from moment to moment or person to person, which one's going to grab onto that, that, that life rope. Do you?
2: No, no, absolutely not. But, but, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, Mother Teresa was a was a pretty big inspiration for me, and the thousands of people, probably millions of people, that she served. And she doesn't she doesn't know exactly what impact she had and her and her ministry had. And and uh, you know, again, it's just a matter of uh, doing the right thing, providing love, support, care, and being consistent and trusting that God's going to use that.
0: You know, Mother Teresa was a friend of former Senator Mark Hatfield.
2: Oh, that didn't um, surprise me. Yeah. No. And
0: when she'd come to Washington, D.C., she would go visit Ted Kennedy because she was friends with Senator Kennedy as well. But she loved Mark Hatfield more than anyone. Yeah. And Mark Hatfield actually went over to Calcutta and uh-huh. saw all the millions and millions of people. And he right. said, how do you do this? He did, he had this quote in his and um, I did a documentary on him. And he said, how do you do this when you know it's just a drop in the bucket? And she put her hand on Mark Hatfield's hand and she says, oh, Mark, I am not called to be successful. I'm called to be faithful.
2: faithful. That's right.
0: And I That's thought that was the most powerful thing because right. we're not called to to make people do what we want them to do, or um, you know, they, our path isn't their path. But right. like what you've done for Dylan is just create a path. Is Throwing yep. up a little gravel, dug a little dirt, yep. and um, and shown a, a lot of kindness. And that changes the whole world for people. And I have so many friends who are, I don't even like to use the word in recovery. I think once you're done, you should be get to be done. You know, I, I, I'm not a former news anchor anymore. I'm done. That was a time in my life and I'm done. So I have so many friends who've been in recovery. and um, And they are the most trustworthy people that I know because I can sit down with them and share my heart and they share their heart. And they know that this is sacred ground when we're doing this together, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. something people, they don't, I can get that from Dylan just talking to him. Oh yeah.
2: And you that's know? where that's where Dylan, I, I, he and I do talk about about how I want to hire him here in about three or four years and have him be a part of what we're doing here. And, and cause I know he's got the right heart and he has some life experience that will be invaluable for him to be able to really uh, have have significant relationships and, and really make a difference.
0: Uh, Jason Randall's asking, do you have information available for the Methodist Church in Springfield on 6th and C?
2: Um, we don't have um, information there. Uh, we can get you some information if you'd like. Um, maybe go to our website and you can find my email address or brad@hosea.youth.org. Send me an email and let's talk about what, what you're looking
0: for. Okay, so Jason get a hold of him I know Jason just get a hold of um, uh, Brad and he can um, e- email him and then get some of this information out and then hopefully everybody out there who's seen this um, you know and 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 I contacted Brad so he didn't contact me as a fundraiser or anything but bottom line guys you know I mean that, you know that it's the volunteers are, are awesome and, and right. the, the food and the clothing and all that stuff is wonderful and taking on little things but financial it's' um, yeah. In this day and age, you just, yeah. it doesn't happen without money.
2: You know, we don't apologize for that. I mean, that's, that's, and, 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 people's financial support, they're just as much a partner in this as, as I am in our volunteers, because it does take, it does take financial, it takes money to make this place go. And God's given us money and let's use it to, to, uh, to benefit others.
0: Um, Lori's asking why hire in three to four years (laughs) well if you heard Dylan's comment he he said he's not ready right yeah he's got he's Mm -hmm. got some demons he said his words that he needs to tackle but here's the great news he knows that they're demons
2: yeah well yes and and Dylan Dylan is now I mean while he's kind of been here for a while you know I feel better when Dylan's here just because his presence is very positive here. So yeah. he already has an influence here in the facility in regards to just the the whole aura around here. So right. so he's very much a part of us, even though he's not a paid staff person or a volunteer.
0: Brad, thank you for finding this guy. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. Well, throw me back to him. I'm gonna end with him. It? Hey there. Hey man. Hey. So tell me what you got from this. I want you to close it out, okay?
1: Oh, yeah. Thank you. I just uh, I really appreciate it. Um, it's always good just to kind of run through my story and um, just kind of give thanks to everyone and, and see that I'm seeing Brad, you know, keep on his dream, too, of helping people. And it's working. It's just really cool. And, you know, life goes full circle when you're doing the honest thing. And so, yeah, I just hope this helps and maybe see some new people. Someone be like, hey, I saw you and that's why I'm here. You know, that'd be kind of cool. So, yeah, just come in and just be a part of it and, you know, see what's going on here. I think you see a lot of interesting kids aside from me that are here that intrigue me every day. Like when I come here, they they're cool. And I, I like to see them succeed, too. So
0: how important um, is hope?
1: Uh, hope is I think it's essential to to making us keep going when this stuff is terrible because it does get terrible out there. And, um, and I feel like that's, that's a good, good point to go off of, you know, ending it is, um, this place does have a lot of hope in it. It it gives people the belief that they can find more.
0: (laughs) Hey Dylan, does um, Claire is asking, do they accept clothing there?
1: Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not really good at the, the whole comment thing. I'll get no, better. No, that's my job. That's my job. You not- come here, come here and if you go over to Grace Fellowship, Grace Fellowship at 834 Monroe and and uh the back parking lot, there's a doorbell. You can come there and donate anytime and yeah, they'll give you a receipt. It's really easy and we appreciate it. So yeah, you are awesome. <laughs> so, wait, how old am I? I'm going to do this right. Uh, I'm 24 and I, thank you. I'm very appreciative of how positive I am. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's kind of fun, huh?
1: Yeah, it is. It's cool. But yeah, I super appreciate it. I do have work today.
0: so Okay. You got to get moving. No, no.
1: I mean, if there's more questions, I can, keep no, I, I you know, just, right.
0: I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of enjoying talking to you. Yeah. Thank people, you. I love the look on your face because that's why I do what I do. It's because you you know,
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, yeah, I just, I like connecting with just all the people I've met, you know, I fought fires this year too, which was another really big thing. I think if we could get these kids to do that, um, it teaches like, you know, I've had him as a father sport, but that showed me people coming together and peers really working together. So Another thing I would say is um, support your firefighters. They're really good people and they've, uh, they've supported me through my recovery as well. In the short stint, you know, I just did it this summer. So they weren't, they were here through my recovery, but they, they were a really good part in building my confidence.
0: All right, Dylan, thank you so much. Tell Brad, thank you. Give Brad a hug for me when we're done. Okay. Cool. Right okay. On. I'll talk to you later and then share this. See you later, man. Have a good cool. day. All right. See you, buddy. All right. L. That's the buck stops here. And um, we have that organization and many others that are doing the hard work like that. And there are ways that we can all get involved. And um, so I hope um, that did for you what it just did for me. Um, I need I need a little bit of Dylan's hope in my life right now. Um, and I think that I, if you would do something for me, share this on your page. I know I'm getting a little teary, but that's just how I am if you share this on your page, you don't know who's going to be out there watching and looking and needs to hear something like that. Because I think Dylan, um, has a pretty tough life and has had a rough go and, um, and he still has hope. Um, but, but we get hope as he was saying, from kindness of other people and organizations like Hosea Youth Services. So, um, How do you get out of yourself? I think maybe part of the whole thing that's going on right now is people we're so focused on ourselves and how we feel. Maybe we need to uh, look at how other people feel and what they're doing. So share this on your page and we want to thank Bucks Sanitary Service, Lisa and Scott Weld. We can't do this without our sponsors. So the fact that they will do that and not have some big honk and commercial on here, and hey, go to Buck Sanitary, which I always think is funny. Anyway, when you got to go to the bathroom, if there's an outhouse there, you're going to use it. I get that, but if you're going to have a party or you work for a city or you're, an organization, you just saw what they what they believe in and what they sponsor. So if you would, you know, say to them, hey, why don't we use it? Why are we using Bucks instead of so and so? You know that uh, that always helps us. Um, so I'll I'll leave you now. Have a great day. Um, we will be back. Let me give you a little tip for tomorrow. Um, so tomorrow night, five o'clock, we're going to be with the Boy Scouts. Um, they've had a lot of bad press, um, uh, going bankrupt, and the reason they went bankrupt has not been talked about in the media. Um, we hear about you know former cases involve sex abuse, um, but there's a really good explanation. And they're going to be a new client. They're going to come in. On tomorrow night, we're going to explain the whole thing of what's going on. And then after that, we're just going to promote shows. We're going to show you uh, girls who are now Scouts. It's not just Boy Scouts. Um, A lot of transgender kids are now becoming Scouts. Um, So it's opened up to a whole different broad perspective, and we're going to show you that. And then on Thursday, um, Chris Dental, uh, one of our clients, loves to sponsor local businesses because they need our help. And so we're going to be sponsoring, doing a show on All-American Pet and find out what Richie Powell and his organization is doing over there with them. So that's coming up this week. Next week, we've got uh, Junior League talking about sex trafficking. Um, We've got an organization in Roseburg who's fighting to get restaurants open. They're going to be on next week. And we've got At the Car Wash. I'm Rick Dancer. We will talk to you the next time. And be sure to check out our new podcast because this will be on there as well as other things that I get to do that I can't put on Facebook because they might pull it. So you'll find that on our Get Real with Rick Dancer podcast on most of the major platforms. Um, and you'll see it on my page. All right. Have a good day. Share it. Thank you. Bye.